Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2006. This is Damien talking about Step 7. Yeah, hello everyone, my name's Damien, I'm an alcoholic and uh, gratefully sober today. It was good to hear the last speaker. I'm glad I wasn't the first speaker too. Um, it's quite a nerve-wracking experience, I find it, you know, anyway, you know, and uh, especially starting off, uh, I always find when uh, I'm in meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, somewhere about three or four speakers in, I start to relax and my mind actually opens up and uh, I actually start to take on board some of the things that have been said and I start to th- think of things that I could even add to those things that are being said, you know, and... Uh, I start to feel comfortable within my own skin, which is uh, not something I necessarily do all the time at all, even though I haven't had a drink for quite a number of years now. But uh, And, um, you know, I've heard that talked about in meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous when I first came in too, and this is the thing that I really identified with and things that really disarmed me. And it wasn't sort of some of the grandiose language that I've found in some of the steps, which when I first came in, in some respects, repelled me. And it was people saying simple things like that, that uh, it took them two or three speakers in before they felt comfortable in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous and they'd, they'd uh, equate it to things like it was like having two or three pots. And then they'd feel, ah, that click. And, oh, oh, thank God, you know, whatever that was, all that anxiety left them, you know. And, and I, really under, I really identified with that in meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, particularly early on, and I still do today, you know. I knew I couldn't drink anymore, and these people have obviously had come from where I'd come from, and they couldn't drink anymore either. And they were saying things like that, and I was lapping it up, honestly. Oh, it just really spoke to me, and thank God for it, really. Thank God for it, because, uh, you know, it was the end of the line, and I knew that. But um, if it had been too much people talking about, uh, you know, like just opening up, um, reading from some of the chapters of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, was the concrete within your bricks firm or whatever, firm enough yet to build your wall. Honestly, I just, I didn't know what it, you know, it was just so, uh, it was just easy for me to take flights of fantasy into that sort of language, you know, because I thought I was engaging with that sort of language anyway. To be honest, when I was a practicing drinker, I thought I was engaging with that sort of stuff. I was reading novels by Dostoevsky and stuff like that, and I'd be talking about that stuff in pubs. You know, I'll be waiting for someone to commit to um, a religious idea so I could not commit to it, or I'll be waiting for them to not commit to it so I could commit to it, you know. <laughs> that sort of stuff, that sort of really combative, argumentative sort of thinking. And I didn't underst- you know, I didn't understand it, and I was trying to work it out, you know. Really what I was trying to do with my life was trying to work it out, and it was futile, it was absolutely futile. I couldn't work it out, and uh, in the end it was always too much for me, and I'd end up drinking. And I don't know, I probably would have ended up drinking even if... That wasn't the case because, you know, I understand today that I'm a practicing, you know, I was then a practicing alcoholic and I was susceptible to picking up that first drink and I learned simple things about it here. But today the problem for me is that I, I have to come to an understanding that I don't, I'm not going to work it out, you know, I'm not going to work this thing out. There's nothing for me really to work out, but um, having said that, I know that there is some sort of moral order to the universe today and moral is not a word that I would have heard lightly when I first came to these rooms too, you know. It was a bourgeois word as far as I was concerned and uh, it was set to put constraints upon me that I was not willing to accept, nor did I need, because I was the wild maverick, you know. 
that was uh, going to circumvent any of these sort of things that uh, other people might need in their you know, bourgeois existence and all this sort of stuff that used to go on in my head. And, and when I got into Alcoholics Anonymous, eventually after staying sober for a certain amount of time, I realised that these are things I couldn't stave off anymore. These are questions I had to literally bring into my life, you know, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings, whatever that means to you, you know. And for me, I had to bring that into my life and what it meant to me. And what it's ended up meaning for me, really, is to get involved in things like this, in weekends like this, because there's a part of me that would not, would rather not turn up today, would rather not turn up today, particularly knowing that I had to speak. And, you know, I couldn't remember if it was seven or eight I had to speak on, and in the end I think that was probably a good thing, because I couldn't obsess on either of them, really, you know. I had to just let it go and say, well, it doesn't really matter, you know. And I, that's what I've been taught in Alcoholics Anonymous, it doesn't really matter. I'll get up here, and I wasn't the first speaker, so I was, you know, I got a privilege in that respect, you know, and I could, the, the room had already been warmed up to a certain extent, you know, and, uh, and, and, and cause I'm, 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 you know, I'm vulnerable to these sort of things today. So I used to hate those sort of things. I used to hate those sort of things that you could be a first speaker and have to speak and and that you maybe you wouldn't know what the next word was and you might fumble for a moment or stumble over some words. I'd beat myself up for days and days and days on that sort of stuff, even if other people found it um, endearing or engaging or something. They might actually enjoy it because they might identify something about themselves in that. I hate it. I hate it. I couldn't be consoled. I could not be consoled because I knew people were lying to me when they were trying to console me because I had it all worked out up here and it was about perfectionism and it was about my perfectionism and it wasn't about yours. You know, I was so self-obsessed. I really was so self-obsessed and, and so full of fear and I could never measure up to these, these ideas I had in my own head. You know, my sick, crazy sort of thinking and, uh, and Alcoholics Anonymous taught me just to front up anyway, just to front up anyway. But it, more than just to front up, it taught me to start talking about this stuff with other people, not even Everybody. I don't need to talk to everybody in Alcoholics Anonymous about these things. And there's a lot of people, as a matter of fact, I've found quite irritating in my sobriety at times. Um, people are going to tell me how to do it and how to go about it. I don't take it. I don't take that very easily or very lightly. But there's been some good people around that have been able to uh, suggest some things to me too that I've been able to take on board, which has been fantastic. And and a lot of that has been about uh, the simplicity of this program and the simplicity of some things. Like for me, humbly asked him in some respects is to just keep turning up to meetings and to keep talking to those people that are involved in my life that are actually, you know, uh, practising members of Alcoholics Anonymous, not picking up a drink one day at a time. And some of those people have several years up and some of them don't have so much time up. And, you know, but the consistency you'll find comes from the people that have been around for a while because they're the people that keep coming back and I've been the sort of person that's kept coming back. So eventually the people I end up having, um, you know, relationships with are the people... Uh, that keep coming back and uh, the people I can talk to, also people that get to know me, you know. It's been really important for me to get to know some people at Alcoholics Anonymous just because I'm an alcoholic and I have a story similar to, you know, most people in this room, I'd imagine. It doesn't mean everybody knows, you know, specifically what is the right information for me. They may well do, but I'd probably say they don't, you know. But those people that get to know me well enough to know my circumstances and I'm able to talk to them and able to take that leap of faith with them and, 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 and drop the pretense and actually say that I don't know and I don't understand and uh, I need some, maybe I need some guidance, you know. Because life, I've found life a very complicated thing, a very, you know, you know, they say to keep it simple, but it's quite, it is quite complex at times. Life, there's so many different conflicting emotions that go on. I have so many options and choices today. And I'm not talking about the huge 
options like how many houses I'm going to buy and what investments I'm going to make and that sort of stuff because I don't have so many of those choices, although even some of those choices have opened up for me, which has been fantastic. It's the sort of tensions that uh, come in, 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 in a person's life, like um, as a tension that I have in my life, which I'm actually grateful for. Um, although I, at the sometimes I resent it as well. I resent it, yet I'm grateful for it. No, this is the sort of contradiction that my brain just cannot handle. It really can't, you know. Uh, I found it very difficult to accept, or that it'd be okay to have contradiction in your life. And uh, and I have a mother, and I get on really well with her, and that's fantastic. And I have a wife today, and uh, trying to navigate my path between my feelings for both of those two women, I, I can find really difficult at times. Really, really, really difficult. And that's really. Um, um, acceptable challenge, you know, and uh, and I don't know what the right thing is to do because there, ultimately, in that respect, there is no right thing. There is just some different options that I have, and they will have different outcomes. They will have different outcomes, you know. There's the the fear option, you know, forget everything and run, or there's another word they usually use, but I thought I'd just leave it out. For now, but, you know. If, and that's obviously not the right option for me. I know that. So once I've once I've got that out of the way and I've accepted a commitment and a commitment to stay and keep fronting up to my life, there's still these other options with have you know subtlety of nature that is very difficult for me to, to necessarily work out what the right one is. So I just have to take a punt sometimes and 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 fly with it and see what happens and and accept the consequences. And often it's about how I then react, how I then react to other people's reactions because I get I'm very 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 sensitive about you know having this program in my life in many in many respects and I don't drink one day at a time and um uh there's a certain amount of um I don't know if it's pride or if it's uh uh, self-esteem that's been restored because I I try and do the right thing and and I'm very sensitive to people criticizing things I do you know very very sensitive to it I don't I don't take it really well, you know, and particularly now because I think, well, I've been sober for, you know, over seven years. I've been fronting up all the time, you know, throughout these years. And uh, um, what do you mean? You have a (laughs) difference of opinion with what I've done. Can't you see what I'm trying to bring into your life? God damn it, can't you see the things I've been bringing into your life for seven bloody years now? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, very easy for me to go there, you know, very easy for me to go there. And, uh, and that's not necessarily a good headspace for me to be in either, you know, because that'll keep me awake. That, that, that sort of stuff can keep me awake of a night time. Just resentments, you know, that start going on, you know. That bitch or that bastard or whoever it is, you know. How dare they? And it's usually the people closest to me. I don't really care about people that aren't close to me. I don't really think about them. It's the people that I care for and things that the people that I think I'm actually doing things for that aren't grateful, you know, <laughs> that, um, that I resent more than, you know than other people and as I say it can keep me awake of, of a night time and it's not necessarily how I want to travel but it's just how I do travel you know it's how I do travel and, and it comes down to that thing again is acceptance this program's about acceptance for me it really is about acceptance and uh, and and the God thing you know I, the, I've got to admit there is times in my life where I, what it allows what it allows me sometimes it allows me just like a an escape clause. It allows me that five or ten seconds that people talk about between the thought and the action for me. And sometimes that's what I really need in my life. And sometimes I'll even find myself just saying God because I can feel myself about to go go into an argument with with another person. And I just wonder sometimes if I need to, you know. 
and uh, and that can give me the time just to chill sometimes. I just think I just think about allowing something other than myself, if it's a God or a higher power, whatever is allowing that to come into my life. And I believe it comes in. It feels like it comes into my stomach. I'm such a sensationalist, you know. I was when I was a drinker, and uh, you know, addiction, love more. You know, I love feelings. You know, um, and that's another one. But it's a good one. It's a good feeling. It allows me to uh, just. Take a bit of stock, and 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 I'm and I'm restored to some sort of calm at times, and I don't know what it is, or what this power is, but it does it does it does work if you really want to or allow it into your life, I believe, and uh, and it restore me to some sort of calm, and I've then got some time, and I can even let go of the thing that I really think I should have said, and really felt righteously justified to be allowed to say, you know, and you know, there's other times when, in all honesty, I need to say those things, and I, I, I it's a life, it's just a life like other people have. There's times when I end up in conflict with people and that will continue to happen and, and sometimes my growth will come because of that. It won't become because I take uh, I turn the other cheek. I'm not like the last speaker was thinking this sort of Mother Teresa you know, Gandhi sort of thinking I'm not that, that person and I'm not going to be and nor should I be you know, nor should I be. Sometimes I need to stand up for myself and sometimes that's the only way to constitute change you know and uh, my sponsor talks about this and it's really true of our group. The reason why we started having a steps group of Alcoholics Anonymous is because we found when we were doing the the oldest style drinking story meetings, you know, God love them and, and they certainly helped me out in my sobriety and will continue to, I'm sure, but there's times when they're open to abuse by the um, spiritual elite in the fellowship that have been around usually for a long time and they're allowed to speak for, you know, they're allowed to speak for 35 minutes, you know and there's other people, and they're allowed to speak next week for 35 minutes as well and the week after for 35 minutes and and the, the uh, anyone younger than that, well that's too bad, you know you, you serve your time like me and be around for 25 years and you can speak for 35 minutes as well and, and we found, and it was okay because my sponsor's been around much longer than me and uh, he was allowed to talk about this stuff without, you know, being sniped because he was about, you know, well, he's 20 years sober himself. So, uh, you know, and, and that's why we decided to have this group that, you know, we could we could have people share their time as well as their experience, strength and hope, you know. And uh, so we could get through a lot of different people and a lot of people were invited to be actively participate, actively participating in the group. And, and, and that only came about because someone stood up someone stood up. They didn't acquiesce and bow down and say, oh, okay, well, it's easier not to do that. Because in the long run, I find when I don't stand up for myself, it's actually not the easier option. It's not the easier option. But the conflict for me is sometimes I need to lie down because it's wrong for me to stand up for myself all the time because I'm obsessive and nutty, you know, and want perfection from everybody else as well as myself probably when I'm like that. And they piss me off, you know. uh, so how do I work? How do I work? That's those things are diametrically opposed, as far as I'm concerned, and I don't know how to work. I don't know how to work those things out, and uh, that's why I need this. That's why I need steps like this, just so I can constantly, you know, be vigilant with myself and asking myself these questions. Not that I'm getting it right, but that I'm actually able to ask myself um, these questions uh, on, you know, and as I've found out, it's on a daily basis. It's on a daily basis. Uh, there was something else uh, I wanted to say, and uh, I think it's escaped me now. I've still got ten minutes. Oh, five. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Not even I like the sound of my own voice that much. You know? I'm going to become one of those people that speaks for 35 minutes now. <laughs> but, yeah, that's... Um, yeah, that's... Uh, 
uh, some of the truth. It's as, as it's been revealed to me as I go along on this journey, and, and I'll go along on this journey, and, and I'll keep learning things. You know, I'll keep learning things constantly, and, and, and a lot of it is born of some a certain amount of suffering. You know, and, and I suppose if I was totally on the program, maybe I wouldn't need to have any of that suffering. But, but I don't believe that either. I really don't believe that today. You know, because I can see all the best endeavours of so many people that tried to do things. I was talking about earlier when I started speaking about reading things like Dostoevsky and stuff like that. You know, and I could never work out this stuff. I could never work out why there were things like religion and I wasn't sure if I liked it or I hated it, you know. And, and I can see today why there's all these questions put in humanity's path, um, why that's come about. And it's come about because we are human and we, eventually these questions have to be answered, you know. They had to be answered for me. I was staving them off when I was a practising alcoholic. I had to ask myself these questions because they're real questions. They're not fake questions that have just been born out of someone else's need to control us or whatever else, you know, that I was, um, uh, uh, how I was able to participate with them in my mind, I suppose, for want of a better word, a better way of putting it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, today I'm able to uh, engage with some of these things to a certain extent and bring along all my perfections with it, you know. I'm talking about my shortcomings and... Uh, uh, it's the perfectionism in me, and, and it's the and it's the really frightened uh, child in me that's been hurt, you know, has been hurt by life, and uh, certainly been hurt by um, growing up in a, in a, uh, uh, an alcoholic home, you know. And I can't underestimate that. I don't want to feel sorry for myself about it either. But it's the uh, the fact of the matter. No matter of working the steps is going to really relieve me of that altogether, because that's who I am. That's I'm born of that experience, and uh, and and that experience, as I've learned in Alcoholics Anonymous, can actually be a gift for me now, because that, there might be someone else that I can identify with that sort of stuff, and uh, and it may help them on on their journey. And uh, and I realised when I was catching the train in here today, and what a difference that I can get on a train on a, on a Sunday morning, you know, and actually front up for something like this. Uh, I was filled with some sort of gratitude and I just started to think about, for the first time in my sobriety, I started to think about maybe I can turn up at places like this, not only just for myself, but to actually put something back into life, you know, to put something back into this fellowship as well. Because I have actually been given so much. Because I come from a home now that is a really nice home, a really serene home that operates really well. I have a 19-month-old daughter. I'm expecting another child in two months' time. And this is not to... If someone else is not experiencing this, don't please don't judge your sobriety by what's happening in my life. And, and you mightn't want these things as well. Other people are thinking, oh, God, that poor bastard, you know, and that's OK. <laughs> that's OK, but it's, it's really good for me, you know. It's really, really good for me. And it's not the things I necessarily thought I wanted, but it have been they're just fantastic. Things. What a blessing to be able to bring into my children's life a non-drinking alcoholic, you know, a non-practicing alcoholic that has a program. And I believe that this program, you know, the grandiose thinking may be, but I believe this program permeates my whole family. And some of them aren't alcoholics. My wife's not an alcoholic, and she doesn't even know it. She does, and she can talk about it, but not really. She doesn't really know. And it's, it's fantastic. And I've seen the change in my mother and lots of different people in my life have seen the change in and a lot of people, even people I was close to in my family, that I can't actually see anymore. So there's a lot of hard decisions that need to be made. There's a lot of hard decisions that need to be made for, I believe, you know, people talk about uh, the fruits of recovery to uh, reveal themselves. So uh, anyway, thanks everyone for organising this. A lot of work goes into organising these sort of things and uh, for no money, I think it's, you know, it's, uh, it's really uh, an amazing organisation and people... I think really start to understand that when they know that their life's on the line, your life's on the line, and you get given so much 
you've given so much for so little. You know, so uh, thanks for uh, allowing me to share. Thanks. Information about the annual Melbourne Alcoholics Anonymous Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.